1: that going that's recording all right brad thanks for being here uh yeah i think we got a lot of common interests here and i think we're going to have a good conversation on this episode and you know i guess to start off with everybody you uh so everyone gets a little bit of a background on you you help people become better versions of themselves is that kind of the gist of it all happy fit. yeah
2: that's uh Well, first, yeah. Thanks for having me, Chris, on your show. Certainly. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. You know, I, I like to say, you know, I'm your classic couch potato that, you know, was lethargic, overweight, had no direction in life. And through a long, a long journey, 13 years, I've been able to turn that around and switch that around. And now my focus going forward is helping others to do the same. Yeah. Kind of, kind of help others that are where I was 13 years ago.
1: So, so 13 years ago, you were in a bad spot, you were
2: saying. I don't know if if I'd use the word bad, maybe lost, lost, disappointed with myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was like anybody, you know, you, you're married and have a child, you're raising a kid and, and you're working full-time life just catches up with you. And, uh, myself of, you know, 50 pounds overweight and out of shape and no direction and just, yeah, all of that. And it just started like, you know, Hey, I, this isn't working for me. And, and that desire to, to finally change, you know, the old me I realized was just not working anymore. So just, yeah, that desire to change and yeah, it's been life, life's the journey, man. It's been crazy. And, you know, once you set your mind to who you want to be, so to speak, uh, just all kinds of opportunities open up and all kinds of great things start happening. Just like, you know, this being on this podcast and, you know, I'm not sure how you learned about Podmatch, but I just woke up one morning and there was an email from Alex and my, in my inbox and i went whoa and so it's that's kind of how i spend the last 13 years i just wake up and there's all of a sudden this opportunity there for me so i just keep following the doors that are opening um and and here we are yeah man i can can relate
1: to you a lot dude. just because you're 13 i'm not even 13 years ago i don't know why i said that because i guess you just said it but uh yeah like this i hit 36 this year right as far as oh nice and it kind of just was like, whoa, you know, I'm on the wrong end of 30, you know, like when I was younger, I used to think people in the thirties and forties were already old and stuff. Right.
2: And so. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I keep it hearing,
1: man. And and then I was like, oh man, you know, I'm 36 now. And then, you know, when I started this, I was what, 35 or 34. And so then it was kind of like, man, oh. I got I to gotta start doing some stuff for my life, you know? And if, you know, if statistics are correct and everything's right, I'm, Roughly middle age, I mean, depending on what stats you're looking at, right? But I mean, yeah,
2: but I mean, that's if you're, you're middle age, Chris, I don't know what I am. I'm about to turn 50 here yeah, in another yeah. month. <laughs> so, well, I
0: mean, I don't
1: the, well, my goal has always been to become a centurion and live to 100. So, I never really looked at it like that. But, you know, if, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I don't know what kind of stats are out there right now. And I probably shouldn't, obviously, shouldn't even be talking about stats or anything like that. But usually, I guess my point is when I was little, I was like, hmm. You know, 35 is, that's old, bro. <laughs> but it's really not. It's really not now. I mean,
2: it's you know, all well, about how you're living. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. But I'll tell you what, as a man, you know, especially you're into health and fitness, I know that. Wait till you hit 40, 41, 42, man. That testosterone goes, yeah. And uh, you, you think you feel it now. You start to feel a little more 38, 40, 41. But 42 is when I had my big drop off. I I started my my intense training about 40, 41, uh, becoming a triathlete and a runner and 42 to 45. I just, I, yeah, you could tell you're like, I was working harder, but going slower. <laughs> and that's just that natural decline that, you know, everybody goes through as, as our biological, or I guess our chronological age increases. So, but as you know, you know, we can, our chronological age increases, but our biological age doesn't have okay. to. Sure.
1: Well, let's take a look back real quick. So the listeners kind of got more of a, uh, a, just what's going on. So 13 years ago, you decided, hey, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to make yeah. a, change in a positive role and just move forward with it and change your mindset, change the way you're living. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, what was it? I mean, was it just you were like, I know you said you were kind of life came at you pretty fast and you were 50 pounds yeah. overweight and just kind of going through a divorce. But was it just like you know, did you just like, we're walking up a hill and got out of breath and just obviously like, no, nah, I can't keep living this way. I got to change. Or it was just.
2: no. I was uh, sitting on, uh, it was November, 2012. I was still married at the time, um, sitting on the bed in our, in our master bedroom there. And my belly was hanging out over my belt. And, you know, guys, we get that Santa, Santa I don't know what they call it. Santa Claus belly or pot belly, deer Dad belly. Bod. Dad bod. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dad bod. Like I had an 18 pack. <laughs> and uh my 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 belt you know barely fit around. I think I had a forty two inch waist at one point I have a thirty four inch waist now, so Uh, But it was that feeling of just pure disgust and disappointment with myself. But here's the crazy part. So I don't know how I always tell this part of the story. So that was November 2012. I looked at myself and I said, I got to do something about this. But there's a but to this part. I didn't do anything at all for an entire year. So an entire year went by November 2012 to November 2013. Exactly one year later, I was back on on the bed in during this. Now I'm now I'm in the. the the throat, the the thick of the divorce. Uh, and I looked at myself again and I'm just like, this is just not, not happening. Uh, So then, then I, um, you know, I like, like a lot of people, you know, like, how do you start? What do you do? Like I had no knowledge, no training. I didn't know anything about nutrition, healthy eating exercise, any of that. I had a, a exercise bike in my room. So I just, the only thing I knew how to do was to ride that. I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about pacing or cadence then or interval training or, sure. or, or, sprint training or any of that stuff. So I just got on it and I rode, and like most people, you know, you have a new year's resolution. They last one or two weeks. Mine lasted three weeks, <laughs> three weeks. I was like, I, and I don't even know if I lost anyway, but that the part of the story is, and so I had a friend at work and you've probably heard of this, introduced me to P90 X yep. and, and this was, this, Looking back at it now, I I realize one important point that I want to emphasize for people. So when I got P90X, my goal was never to lose weight with P90X, even though that that did happen. That became the byproduct. My goal is to finish that program. At this, at this phase in, in the journey, I was like so down. I was like, I got to do something to just stimulate my life. So I'm going to finish this no matter what. Mm-hmm. I had that, I call it your determination muscle. And that's what everybody needs. If you, I don't care where you are in life. If you want to get from point A to point B, that is your finish line. You've got to have that determination. Uh, so I was just determined to finish P90X no matter what. And, you know, I was brand new to it. And that thing was hard, <laughs> I remember. Uh, but I did it. Uh, but this is, if we're just talking purely about weight loss, this is what everybody does. You have an external goal, you know, and then you achieve it. And then, and, and then what? That yeah. what happens? Like you have to have another external goal. I didn't know that at the time. And so I gained 12 pounds back within, I think the first week or two weeks. Wow. And, uh, that's where the up, down, uh, yo-yo cycle started. And that went on for about two years until I, figure i I don't know if I should say figure it out or until I had some other awakenings or aha moments and light enlightened moments and light moments and whatnot. And it's just kind of one step at a time. And here I am 13 years later and, and now want to teach people all this. So I always tell people, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris, I hope I'm not talking too much. Oh no, man,
1: You're fine. I'm enjoying it. Go ahead, keep, uh, keep doing it, man.
2: No, I always tell people the very first thing in your journey now is figure out who you want to be. That is, that is point, point B. So look at your life and oh, I'm a couch potato. Is that who I want to be? No. Well, who do you want to be? I want to be someone that's thriving. I want to be someone that's healthy. And then ask yourself. well then, so, so backing up. So, Part of my story also came when I was, so this was February, 2013. I was in the thick of the divorce. The girls had moved out. My dog would not come over to me. Like I had a Cocker Spaniel. He's like, I'm like, come here, boy, come here, boy. And he would not come over. He's like, he always comes over, but this time he wouldn't. He just looked at me like, you're a total loser. Went around and went back to his bed near the fireplace and sat down. And that's, I don't know, that's when my first miracle happened. I called it. That's, that's when I realized in that moment that what you focus on, you become.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
2: And so that's when in that moment, I said, you know what, I'm going to choose to be healthy. I'm going to choose. So for the first 40 some odd years, I was choosing to I, I didn't want to be a couch potato, but that's what I was. I didn't want to be a apathetic husband and father, but that's what I was. And then in that moment, I said, so who do I want to be? Yeah. And then it just resonated with me. I mean, there was more to it than that, but that's the short version. But yeah, I chose to be healthy. So anyone, your first your first step is your vision. Choose who you want to be. And then the second part of that story is the second miracle is when I understood why I wanted to be that. So I was, I was doing a workout in my garage one day, and I don't know if you've had like this, Chris, but you know your why. You know, I was lifting, doing the bench press, and I just the motivation just wasn't there. And so I put yeah. the bar back on, I stood up and, and I just asked myself, why am I doing this? Because honestly, I, I had, you know, I had done, I think three or four external goals I think, one or two were of those were five K's. I did a big hiking trip. Uh j- again, I kept setting an external goal. Every time you complete one external goal, you got to figure out another one. And that's what most people don't do. They set a goal to lose weight, and then they hit it, but then they don't have another goal. And so then it all comes back. Uh, so anyway, in that moment, my external shifted to an internal. Uh, so my why, I discovered my why and it became, you know, if I take care of my mind, body, and spirit, my mind, body, and spirit will take care of me. And so those those two pieces of the puzzle, choose who you want to be, understand your why, and then ask yourself the question, "How can I be this?" So how can I be healthy?" And then that just kind of led to everything else. Yeah, so
1: no, I get that, man. Just you know it's one of those things that I don't feel like nobody actually says, "Hey, I want to be a couch potato or I want to be fat yeah.
2: or you know and the, but, no, they say they don't want to be. Yeah, they yeah. don't want to be that, and they wind up being the thing exactly. they don't want to be because that's what they're focused on.
1: Yeah, I don't, well, I don't even really know if it's like it's like that, but it's always so easy to. Like you said, like, what's my motivation? Like, well, why why am I doing this? I'll just stop and start again next week or whatever. Yeah. And then then life catches up. And if you keep doing that over and over and over, I'll I'll start next Monday. I'll start next Monday. You know, that's what I always hear. Like, oh, diet starts Monday. No big deal. Then it it doesn't, you know, and and then it catches up and they're like, oh, shit. You know, like you said, you're 50 pounds overweight in a matter of, you know, it could be months or a year or whatever. Like, what the hell happened? And then it's just, Um, and if you don't have that why or motivation to get back into oh, I want to be look. you know, felt like I did when I was 20 or 25 or whatever your why is, or I just want to be able to, like I said, walk up, a, you know, some stairs without breathing heavy, you know, then you're going to keep down that bad road. So, yeah, a lot of it leads to obviously the first step is what do you want out of it? What's your goal? What is it? And um, well, who,
2: who do you want to be? Yeah. And being the, the current version of you, like in my case, being the status quo, which was a couch potato, that was just too the, the term in psychology is pleasure and pain, but that was just too painful. I I just, even if I think about it now, I, I, I tighten up, I get tense about thinking about that old version of me and the couch potato. And I had no idea at the time that, you know, like everybody, I thought it was diet and exercise. I thought it was physical, but it turned out to be so much more. It turned out. So I always say this now to people too, that it's not, a it's not, it's not a it's not a weight loss journey at all. And I say this now too, it's not a, even a get healthy journey anymore. It is a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Who are you and what are you about? And and yeah. you just, yeah, yeah. When you're aligned with that value of who you want to be, then it just kind of takes off from there.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't
1: know how, how you feel about this, but I, I feel like still even in a lot of people I interact with, especially, you know, when high school, college, or I mean, even before that teenagers that they don't really know, and I'm generally speaking that they don't really know who they are, or what they want to be. And they, they have an idea, I think, based on, and I can, you know, I can personally relate to this, uh, you know, after seeing, you know, media, TV, TV shows, Oh, I like those people, but you know, is that yeah. really what I want to be? You know, is that the type of people or person I want to be? And yeah, I mean, you can yeah. use that as a role model and get to, you know, where you want to be, but when it truly comes down to it, when, you know, you're by yourself and you're, you know, I don't know if you walk through the park or whatever you're doing, that's kind of what I do. And you're kind of by yourself and you start thinking like, Hey, is this what I really had planned out? Is this where I, do I really like me? And then, yeah, yeah you know, is this, about, or do I just like the idea of things or do I like, is that what I really want to do? And, you know, and you know, as far as, you know, you found running and being a triathlete and stuff and you know, there's all, obviously there's, you know, like you said, you did P90X there for a little bit and we I got to, yeah, we got to do that in high school, man. We did that out of weightlifting. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of going off my point here, but because when you said I, the, I was
2: well out of high school by that time so, yeah. but,
1: so, so in high school we we were able to take a weightlifting class at ninth grade and for uh-huh. some whatever reason like on Wednesdays or Fridays or when our weightlifting coach was not there we did p90x instead of actually the regular stuff but that's what but yeah it works it's fine and I guess I'm not sure where I was going with my point I lost it but I guess what my point is is like if you find what you want to do and if you find like you got to put the mind body and soul together kind of what you said and that makes a, Full person.
2: Right? Actually, let me touch on that real quick. Go so ahead. Mind, body, soul. Actually, this is a really important point. The actual order is heart, mind, body. Heart, mind, body. Heart, mind, body? body. What I mean by that is, so what? What's in your heart? What do you feel in your heart? That's what goes first. Most people are listening to what's in their head, not what's in their heart, and I that's heard. where. Lack of fulfillment comes from by listening to what's in your head, um, lack of a joy, happiness. You know, everybody says, I want to be happy. I want to live a more purposeful life. I want, you know, more happiness, you know, all of that stuff. And the way you do that is by listening to the voice in your heart. So that's why I said, I don't say, you know, um, mind, body, soul anymore. I say heart, mind, body. Um, And then your mind says, oh, what is my heart feeling right now? My heart is feeling to, you know, be this or to take this trip. Like my heart really, just something really resonated to go to, to go to New Mexico. And So then my mind says, okay, how can I work with the heart to support, you know, you going to New Mexico? And then all these ideas just, you know, oh, get out the map and plan your route and all that stuff. And then of course the body always comes last. The body just follows whatever the mind does, but it's really important people understand that order. That's how life works. Heart, mind, body, not the other way around. A lot of people go mind, body, or if if they're lucky, they'll go mind, heart, body. They'll try to use their mind to force their heart down a certain path. And that's where you run into resistance. And I I like to joke, that's how I lost my hair for like the first, you know, eight or nine years. So I understood this is because I was forcing I was using my mind to force my heart down a certain path of wellness or, or whatnot. And it just didn't work for me. And so I was like banging my head against the wall, losing my hair. Pulling. Well, you, you're same as me, Chris, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so if you go, if you go mind body and, and I, I say this too, that will work. Don't get me wrong, but that's, I call that the path of most resistance. You're going to need a lot of discipline, a lot of perseverance, a lot of, Hey, if plan A doesn't work, go to plan B, go to plan C, go to plan D. If that works for you, more power to you. I like to take the path of least resistance, you know, water flows downhill, not uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the path of least resistance, What is it? what do you feel in your heart? Get your mind to, to tune into that, and then your body will fall into place. So mind, heart, or excuse me, ah, heart, mind, body. <laughs> most people go mind, body, or if they're lucky, mind, heart, body. But that's, yeah, that's the path of most resistance, I think.
1: That's a really, that's a really good point. I never really thought about that way. And as you were talking, I was thinking that, you know, have you ever seen the movie Replacements? It's got Gene Hackman and uh, Keanu Reeves in it.
2: Uh, no, I've exactly. seen some highlights. Okay, um, um, so what's about football or something? Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. It's like yeah. a football movie. But anyway, at the end of it, he's actually talking about how you know they don't have they got to have heart in order to win the game, and you know, and I think about that a lot because it's so easy. In, in what you were saying, it's it's so easy to your point that. You no, know, you can easily say, Oh, I really want this. I really want this. And then if you don't really, you just say you want it and you don't really do anything about it. If it's not, you your. don't fault. really
2: mean that. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, you're, you can tell people all day that you want to lose weight, but if you're not really believing it within your heart, you know, and getting down there and getting a dirty and doing a sacrifice and putting in the discipline and the, you know, sacrifices that, you know, you're and, not, and that's, that's it's real,
2: real, real quick. I'm, a, I'm sorry to, no, no, yeah. no, man, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, so like someone says, I really want to lose weight, but they don't mean it, is because what they think they really want to lose weight, but what they really want and they in deep in their heart, if they pay attention, is they want to be a better person. Mm. And so that's why like in one of my books, I talk about, you know, discover your why you got to go through that five levels of why exercise, because most people say, I want, I want to lose weight or I want this, but the reality is they actually want something very different, which is much deeper. And so they got to dig deeper underneath the layers. Uh, And so a lot of times, you know, what people really want is to live long, happy and healthy, not just lose weight or to just, you know, be a better person, something like that. That's a much more powerful why, uh, I, uh, real quick, uh, a short story, whatever I do talks, I always like to ask this question, you know, how many of you in the room right now with no training, no experience, nothing at all could go run a hundred miles tomorrow. I mean, literally wake up eight in the morning, go run a hundred miles, not a single hand goes up. So then I rephrase the question. Okay. How many of you tomorrow morning, no experience, no training, nothing at all could go run a hundred miles. If you knew at the end of the day that all forms of cancer would be cured. Ooh. Yeah, every hand literally goes up, or a lot of them will say, I don't know if I could do it, but I would at least try. So what makes the difference between the first one and the second one? You got a why. You got a much, you don't just have a why, you have a much more powerful why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that. That's a good way to spin it too, man. Put it on there. Yeah.
2: So you, you can have a why, but you need a really powerful, everybody has a why everybody has a why for what they do. I had a why for being a couch potato. That's a whole, that's a whole nother episode. That's some some psychotherapy there, but uh But everybody has a why, but you got to get to the real why and, and what's going on. And sometimes the why you've probably heard this is like a limiting belief or a false belief that we think, you know, we're such and such or such a way or that, you know, I have to eat this in order to feel better around my spouse yeah. or something. And, you know, stories we tell ourselves that aren't true. And so it's just a matter of, you know, getting to the, the no pun intended, the heart of all that and discovering what your real why is. So.
1: There's a lot of people who like to, uh I guess, front like that and like what you're saying, like actually make themselves feel better in front of people rather than what they're really doing. I hope that kind of makes sense. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, for example, you know, in this book, I'm reading like Sacred Cow that uh it's like when people ask, like they come in and they say, well, you know, they or they it's made from uh crap. I can't. See so how I want to put this. It's basically when people come in and talk about like, okay, so what 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 is your lifestyle like? What do you do, what are you eating? What are you drinking? How many alcoholic drinks do you have? And then you know like, and it's one of these studies, and they say oh one to two, and they just say that because it's they feel like they're supposed to say that, but really that means they're probably having three to four, and they're really yeah. probably just pounding sugary drinks and whatever, and not really, and they're just saying that just because it's supposed to say that, or you know that's what people want to hear. It's. Mm. Well, you want why you, why do you have to lie about that? It's like what you just said that, you know, there's something deeper going and that's what you really want to do. Then why don't you do it? You know, just don't let the influences of other people distract you of your goals. You know?
2: Yeah. That happens a lot. We listen to everyone, but ourselves. We listen to the, well, I call it the voice of society with friends, family, coworkers. Uh, that's all good and well, more power to you. Listen to the voice of your heart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's where it comes down to, man. You know, it's, yeah. Like, I don't know if I told you, I'm one of those CrossFit bros. And just when, you know, I'm I, I, to- I,
2: on one of your episodes, I heard that. Yeah. okay, cool. I, yeah. I did CrossFit for a while. So nice. that's good. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and during
1: the competitions that I do and, you know, even in my training that, you know, if you don't want to try to push yourself a little bit extra and, you know, we actually won't like, Hey, you know, in order to, you know, what am I trying to say in order to get that extra little one rep, that can mean a lot of points during a competition. But if you don't have the heart, if you just say like, I want it, but you don't actually just try to, do everything you can to get that rep, then it's just like, you don't really have it, man. You got to, there's something else out there that you got to learn to get more self-disciplined. I don't know if you got to learn to do hard things and learn to, you know, fight that wall that comes up against you and just push through or what it is. And I'm not saying like, you know, you have to go do CrossFit in order to do this. I'm just trying to relate it to almost everything in life that, you know, there's so many obstacles that can come up and like, you're not really willing to do the dirty work and the, put things aside and change your lifestyle. Like you did. I mean, that you're just, you keep doing the same thing. You'll get the same results. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: That That's true. And you know, one thing I've learned over the years is, is a very important concept or principle It's something called balance. Um, there's definitely a time when you need to push yourself, challenge yourself. You know, the, the saying is be, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, go outside of your comfort zone, but there's also times in life I've discovered where it's okay not to do that. You know, um, if nine out of 10, if nine times you've gotten that extra rep or gone that extra mile, but the 10th time you don't, you know what, life doesn't end there, Life, right? Life is meant to be fun. And it's not, I was so constantly always trying to force myself out of my comfort zone and grow that I was actually doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes you just like, that's why I say in my podcast, eat ice cream. It's not always about eating healthy food. You know, okay. you got to, live life sometimes and, and just have fun and let your hair down, smell the roses. And so oh, if that means, you know, for me that I don't do a run that day, then okay, it's not the end of the world anymore. And to, to I'm you know, to get to that again, I, I want to emphasize there are times you do need to push yourself and challenge yourself. I definitely agree with that. And believe me, I did that for, I think, See, 13 years into this journey, about the first eight or nine, maybe almost 10 years, that's what I did. And that catches up with you. That catches up with you, especially if you know, you're know you a CrossFitter. I, I'm, I'd am i love to have another podcast where we just talk about CrossFit because I love CrossFit. I did it for a couple of years, but I'm real curious to see because CrossFit is still a fairly new sport. It started around, what, 95 or
1: 2000? Uh, well, yeah, probably around 2000, but it didn't really – well, no, maybe a little bit later than that actually because it really didn't start catching on until around 2009 –
2: ish okay so yeah that's still a really infant sport yeah it'll be interesting to see where the crossfitters who are doing this high intensity you know high intensity interval training you know sometimes four or five six days a week where they're going to be 20 30 years from now the impact that has on their joints and their hearts and everything and I can tell you as an endurance athlete for what, eight, nine years, always trying to push myself at pace and go faster that, that, you know, starting in your forties, that catches up to you real quick. And so I learned, I came up with something called the slow, easy, which is what I do now. And the goal more is longevity and sustainability versus, you know, intensity or getting first place or anything like that. So,
1: yeah. And that's what I try to tell people, like, you know, when I'm coaching classes and stuff that, you know, they're like, Oh, should, you know, should I pick up? Or go for a one RM on a, my deadlift, you know, a PR.
2: Yeah. One rep max or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. For people who don't really know what uh, that means. But yeah, and I'm like, well, you know, we're going to be working out probably the rest of the week. You know, it's only Monday, right? So, like, yeah. you, don't, you don't and you don't really need to go for it today. You know, especially if you want to come back tomorrow and you don't want to stress out your back or, you know, worry about doing something. So, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And that, that's kind of one of the issues with CrossFit that a lot of people think when they – and I'm not saying this is wrong, but this is my – philosophy on it but when people come in they think that and i think crossfit kind of created this and this is probably what gives it the bad name too that when people come into the gym they think they always have to go 100 physically mentally. Yeah. Yeah, I like, that. yeah yeah exactly and like nobody because it's not crossfit unless you're doing that like exerting yourself yeah. to the point where you go puke in a corner or yeah,
2: exactly know, yeah break
1: your back but so it's more of like i try to tell people to listen to your body and how are you feeling yeah. that yeah and like and so like hey yeah, if you're not feeling going 100 percent Okay, cool. Go 50%. Go 60%. You know, I don't, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. Get a good workout in. I mean, that's what it's about, you know, and like you said, I want you to be coming back here next week and a week after and just still continuing on. And that's one thing I had to learn too, was that, you know, me and one of my buddies, we were training intensely for two or three hours a day following this competitor's programming and it worked. Don't get me wrong, but Around six months, you know, we were just beating ourselves to death, you know, and I got yeah. to the point where I was like, I do not want to come down there and do that shit anymore. I was like, I'm yeah.
2: Tired. Yeah. Burnout. Yeah. 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 So I took it, I took it
1: a step back. I do it one hour a day. I just run in with the class and I'm, man, like my mind's better. I feel better. I mean, I train five to six days a week and it's just made a complete difference for me
2: so Yeah, no, no, I hear you. That's why I said so. Balance, balance is key, and whatever that looks like for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I talk about training by feel and instinct. Yeah, what is your body telling you? If it's telling you to do, like in my case, do an extra two miles, I'll do an extra two miles. But if it's telling me to stop like half hour early, then I'm going to stop half hour early. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still some part of me that's competitive. You know, I I had to go through that phase. I'm not going to lie. You know, for several years, it was about, you know, time and trophy and podium and you know wanting to be that. So. I needed that to help me understand about balance and, and sustainability, but yeah, I, I tell everybody slow, easy. I, 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 emphasize 40 and over now too 40, 50, 60 and aging well and longevity and all that. I, I know, like I said, it'll be interesting to see these high intensity CrossFitters that are going at it. Um, I love to watch the CrossFit competitions, but it's such a new sport. Where are these folks going to be 30 years from now? Um, and I've seen, I've seen what happens to the, the bodybuilders, both male and female, you know, they train really intense. They get the big muscles, those muscles atrophy at some point, because when they get in their sixties and seventies, you know, they're not going at that same level of intensity. Yeah. They look like, you know, the skin stretches, they look like, you know, their muscles have atrophied back to their normal size. And they got all this baggy skin because their skin stretch i mean these are fit competitive bodybuilders in their 30s you know 20s and 30s but in their 60s and 70s like oh my god like if you've seen arnold schwarzenegger with his shirt off nowadays he's 75 76 No, those those muscles have atrophied quite a bit and he's got a lot of baggy skin now so that's you know i know there's a lot of oh, I don't know if it's peer pressure or what in our, in our society, you know, men have to have the big chest and the six packs and women want the to tone beach bodies and all that. It's, there's a lot of ego in that. And I, I love to talk with anybody about that. You know, what makes that so important for you? And I had to go through that phase too. But for me now, it's just about being, you know, fit and healthy. And I have a different definition of that. Now it's not about the, the chiseled chest or yeah. six pack. It's about slow and easy and enjoying life. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. No, and not just touching on that. You know, do you know who Ronnie Coleman is? Ah, he was okay. uh, Mr. Olympia, like eight times or something, but like he was right up there with, you know, Schwarzenegger. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: right now he can barely walk, you know, yeah. where, like his back is like in shambles. and I, I think he's had it fused. I hope it's sad. I'll probably butcher this, but he's had a lot of work done on it. And he has to have a walker. He's almost in a wheelchair. And he was one of those guys that were, you know, probably squatting probably close to a thousand pounds and stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. But my point is that we're now with the nutrition and the exercise performance and like all the information that we get in tests that we're starting to find out, you know, what the effect is of all these movements that we're doing to our body at, you know, high intensity, high impact. You know, I mean, look at football, for example. We're now starting to discover how much CTE is actually in Uh, football, you know, just from, the you know, uh, from... Getting hit. And, and not only that, UFC, I'm not just going to shit on football, but yeah, it's... I, I love it's, UFC
2: too, but yeah. yeah.
1: It's all coming out now, and it's like, and I'm not saying, or just from anybody from doing anything like that. If that's your thing, do it. But there is repercussions for for everything, I guess, right?
2: You, you like to read, Chris. You might enjoy this book. This is one of the best books I've ever read. It's called Manthropology and he compares modern day UFC fighters with uh, the fighters of the Roman gladiator period and all that. And he basically, it's, it's kind of funny. We're off topic a little bit, but he calls modern day UFC fighters, a bunch of pansies. (laughs) I thought it was, (laughs) it's a great book, Manthropology. I can't remember who wrote it, but I learned a lot from that book because he talks about even the modern day CrossFitters, you know, can't hold squat compared to, you know, our ancestors that were carrying, you know, a 300 pound gazebo, you know, a hundred miles across the plane back to the village or something like that yeah he says the modern day athletes you know starting from the olympics or that we're all just a bunch of pants <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a great book i mean it's all based on anthropological research it's okay. man, anthropology i have one of my favorite books ever okay i got it on my list i'll get it
1: um yeah, yeah i mean there's probably is some truth to that and that uh, you know because back in the day you know it's like what is that like hard times create hard men so when you know when they're living yeah. like that you actually didn't have the comforts of this you know i could sit here and order food while i sit here and talk to you but you actually had to go out there and probably either kill your food or yeah it or make sure you got some food in some way but yeah those were how people got hard and they actually did you know put into work you know it was actually just not
2: yeah wait this is
1: annual work
2: let me ask you this. so when you do your crossfit classes uh chris are you indoors
1: uh it's a mixture but yeah for the most oh. part we're indoors.
2: is it climate controlled then sometimes no <laughs> Oh, okay. Well that that's more that's more most gyms are climate controlled indoors. So that that's a huge factor right no, there. We're
1: in this big what you like the old school discussing kind of a warehouse. Oh, okay. It's got three big bay doors and we you know we do our running outside. But yeah, in the in the win in the wintertime we have heat, but other than that, you know,
2: it's So try turning off the heat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we get enough complaints as it is with, even with just the heat on, you know, about how cold it is, but yeah. You know,
2: it was funny. I was listening. I was listening to one of your other podcasts with Karen and Nicole Batar and you guys were talking about Wim Hof and the cold training he does and everything like that. I've tried some, I mean, yeah. So okay, we'll go back to this whole idea of going outside of your comfort zone and and I've tried some crazy training stuff. So I've tried the women, I mean I've not trained in it, but I've tried jumping in a free in an ice cold pond and holding my breath. I think <laughs> I lasted like two, three seconds, like, oh, and then you gotta get out real quick. But yeah. try, you know, you want to go outside of your comfort zone, turn the lights off indoors and train in the dark, see what happens. I mean, just change things up to really, you know, put a blindfold on or do one. I know, just do crazy stuff to really you know, mix it up in terms of your environment, the the light, the temperature, all kinds of stuff. And that's where you really get this idea of, you know, being comfortable with uncomfortable too. Um, I I remember this one crazy training session I did, it was pouring rain in Oregon and I was training for a Spartan race. And I just, I did like a three mile run in the absolute blizzard or not blizzard, but downpour rain and mud. But you learn so much from that versus you know a nice cool fall evening or something so anyway that's
1: kind of off the topic oh no, it's fine man i i used to do those uh i forgot where i picked it up from but somebody was saying you know when you take a shower for the last i forgot what it was 5 10 30 seconds you're supposed to take a cold shower yeah. at the end of it i used to i probably did that for a week maybe two weeks <laughs> yeah i <done> with this yeah <laughs> you know but um but yeah i've always there is a lot of science coming out too about cold plunges and doing that after workouts yeah. and stuff and i've don't really have the, uh, the facilities or opportunity. I guess I could if I wanted to buy bags of ice every night and do it, but I don't, it doesn't. I'm one of those guys. Like I don't really know how much of benefit I want to get out of that. So, um, but yeah,
2: we could pay like thousands of dollars get one of those nitro chambers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, one day. Maybe one day when I start becoming a millionaire, I'll have a whole facility. Yeah. And, like I, I know some people who'll do like that. Uh, Why well, I don't know them personally, but they'll do the uh, the cold plunge for like. A couple of minutes and they run to their sauna sitting there for a little bit go back in there and it's like yeah great that's yeah. great you can do that so stuff like that i wonder how much benefits is about you know the body getting out of that so i don't know
2: yeah yeah most so anyone listening real quick just when it comes to like health and fitness and longevity i really emphasize this idea of slow easy so i still do high intensity though i read some research if that's really good to you know keep your whole all your systems your cardio system your your uh your urinary system, your no. immune system, all these systems like tuned up. So about once, twice, maybe three times a month, I'll do some of that high real high intensity stuff. Um, uh, that typical CrossFit routine, but slow and steady wins the race. So slow and easy, um, for, for last, for keeping this stuff lasting into your, you know, your forties, fifties, sixties and seventies. So slow and easy with a lot of circular movements in your joints.
1: Did you always have this thing that you knew you wanted to be like a triathlete or a triathlete? Or did you just decide, like, hey, this kind of looks cool. I'll just jump on it.
2: No, you know, it was part of the journey. Um, When this whole started, I, I haven't mentioned this part too often, but I had a really big eco. Really big ego.
1: I know how it goes.
2: And a really good friend of mine back in Oregon, she, we we just bumped into each other one day at the Y, and she's like, "Hey, you know, I, I'm going to run a marathon." And she had never run at all before. She just went cold turkey. She went from not running to doing a marathon instead of you know five k, ten k, half marathon, marathon. She went straight from zero to marathon. But anyway, she she just came to me and said one day, "Hey, I'm going to run a marathon," and I just looked at her. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Do you know what that is?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, Do you know how far that is?" And she goes, "Yeah." yeah. And, and it's like, have you ever done one? No, but she's that type of person determined. And so of course my ego, I had the one upper. So a couple of days later at the Y, I saw a poster for a triathlon and I'm like, well, running is only one discipline. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, one upper and I'm going to do three disciplines. I didn't know how to swim. Nice. It had been, I, the last time I ran my 5k was 20 some odd years ago. And the last time I had rode a bike was 20 some odd years ago. So long story short, I put all of those together. And that's where, you know, it took several years, but I had a lot of ego in it for the first several years and pushing myself. Like you said, it's always about pushing yourself, pushing your comfort zone. Um, and oh gosh, you're six year seven year eight, I'm like, this just isn't working anymore. I was so I was doing more damage uh, to my body to my mental health than anything. And so I really started to reevaluate and slowly started to learn about training by heart rate 180 minus your age that Dr. Phil Maffetone talks about. And I just kind of combined that with something I called the slow easy. And I went, you know what, I don't need to put my ego in this. I just need to be healthy and I can be healthy running a 15 minute mile versus an eight minute mile. And when I run a 15 minute mile, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling high. I want to do it again the next day. When I run an eight minute mile, I can't walk for three days, Mm -hmm. but boy, my ego felt good. sure. I had to learn to 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 take the ego out of it.
1: Yeah. You got to have I don't try to. I try to tell people to leave their ego at the door when they come into like the CrossFit, uh, just because it's they're yeah. Well, yeah, because you know you see certain people doing certain lifts and lifting a certain weight. You're like, oh, they're doing a bustle ups. So I want to be able to do that, but I've never done one. And they that's another reason part of it gets a bad name is that they get up there and they try to do something they haven't trained or been, you know, wanting or haven't their shoulders haven't had any impact or whatever so whatsoever and they end up getting hurt but yeah it's hard to do it though it's really hard even for me now you know i've been doing it 10 years and it's some days you're, I'm
2: just, you're getting old chris but yeah you're in your mid-30s so yeah do no, in your 40s? Gotta calm
1: down bro yeah. <laughs> but but uh but yeah that's just one thing that that's just like i try to tell people hey man if you want to come back tomorrow if you want, like, I love your, what like you're saying, slow, easy. Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, slow, easy. Yeah. yeah.
1: If you want to keep doing it. If you want to keep grinding, keep staying healthy. I mean, you know, and a lot of people are watching, you know, the CrossFit athletes. And, oh, I want to be, you know, Rich Froney. I you mean, know, maybe Justin Merritt. I was like, well, dude, I mean, are you doing this just to be healthy and work out? Or do you want to become an elite CrossFit athlete? You know, I mean, you know. yeah.
2: Yeah. And if you do want to be at that elite level, you know, then yeah, certainly you've, you've got to train like that. And I realized, you know, that just, you know, at 46 years old now, you know, I just didn't need that anymore. I kind of have a little bit of that going on because at 50, I'll be eligible for the Senior Olympics. So I was nice. like, well, it'd be kind of cool to win a gold medal in the Senior Olympics. So some of that is starting to, to come out again. But, uh, you know, it's funny that that book I told you about, Manthropology, I, I studied a lot of cultural anthropology and, and our ancestors. And, you know, these are the fittest, healthiest, and i'll add happiest people on the planet and i'm like there's not a single ancestor you know anywhere that knows what a push-up is or that knows what a burpee is sure you know these are the fittest healthiest people on the planet so what did they do i just started looking at that and studying that how did they move they didn't just walk straight they were carrying something heavy you know so i'll carry a big rock kind of like you do in crossfit you do the farmers carry with both nope. thing dumbbells uh, or the show or the fireman's care that that's fairly fairly close uh but stuff like that you know not just what do they you know it's easy they eat the natural foods whatever they hunt and gather in nature but when do they eat how do they eat you know all of that stuff and that book manthropology it goes into a lot of that's such a i should read that book again it's been years since i read that book i want to check
1: it out do they do they uh, they talk about their nutrition too is that what you said
2: yeah yeah they talk a lot about that too yeah
1: that's really interesting just that You know, I'm sure they were trying to eat three times a day, but they were just probably being lucky to eat or.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really affects your metabolism. That's in fact, that's a huge keeping weight off strategy. Um, I talk about it in my in my book, keeping weight off permanently. But is how you you. So CrossFit, you have to use carbohydrates for fuel. You're you're in that anaerobic condition where you need immediate energy um all well, the time it depends on a
1: person too so i used to think like that but i've kind of went more low carb for me and it works out better for me but oh, okay but no i do agree with that though but i think it also depends on you know your type of i guess your type of uh what am i looking for your microbiomes and stuff but yeah, yeah. I, but i used to eat pretty hard ke- or heavy carb but now it's more higher protein consumption for me and it works really well my body enjoys it more
2: so, yeah. So one of the strategies I always tell people keep weight off permanently is you've got to learn to use your aerobic system and keep and use fat for fuel.
0: Yeah.
2: So high fat, high fat animal diet, uh, olives, um, avocados, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the slow, easy movement, 180 minus your age. So that metabolism gets burning again and then, uh, is using fat for fuel. That's that's the most effective way. Keep keeping weight off uh, strategy that there is.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I would agree with that. But I don't think a lot of people know, you know, exactly that type of strategy, eating high fats versus high carb, like we just said, or high protein. But, but that's it, why I
2: come on your show to tell people. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and that's great. And but, I, you know, because a lot of people don't really it took me a while to actually start paying attention to my nutrition. And I did a lot of different diets as far as, you know, carnivore. I've done a little bit of paleo. Mm-hmm. Um there's this uh, carbs or carb cycling one, like I kind of yeah, yeah I
2: did that, yeah,
1: yeah, and that wasn't bad, but uh, I think it was just kind of what we were saying is like when you know we're talking about listening to your body and how you're feeling that day, but you know when I was eating and seeing myself in the mirror and how my clothes are fitting and like, oh, do I have brain fog today? am I mentally here? You mm-hmm. know, like, what is my body? Am I reacting to these foods? Am I liking it? Whatever, but I found that what seems to work better for me is, and I even I feel great during my lifts or my my performance that you know higher little higher protein some carbs and little fats there here and there so um more than the you make,
2: yeah you make a good point too i did a lot of trial and error too when it came to diet nutrition and healthy eating it took me years to figure it out so yeah you've kind of gone through that same thing even even you tell somebody you know x y and z in terms of diet they still got to tweak it based on their body and to make it work for them um <laughs> a lot of its culture too, you know, the tribal ancestors, they were always outdoors, always moving, always hunting and gathering where we're more indoors, more sedentary, you know, we're sitting down right now. Uh, in a tribal culture, we would be hunting right now, walking sure. side by side. And so we would be burning calories versus just, you know, sitting here. And again, we're stepping over. So we're using all our joints and all these different motions, you know, um, stepping over things, ducking under things, you know, walking quietly like this, trying to sneak up on something oh. or, you know, so we don't do any of that in the modern world. So but all of that, you know, goes to towards training your metabolism too to burn fat for fuel and be more efficient. So
1: yeah, I think that's one of the uh, problems with I don't know if you if it's diet culture, if it's just fitness what in general. But I think there is a misconception out there. There were a lot of people who don't do their homework and they think there's one diet that fits all and they start to do this you know, whatever diet, let's say it's keto or carnivore, or whatever you want to do, then, oh, that didn't work for me. And two weeks in, they quit, and I just go back to what I was doing. But they, because they, everyone wants, you know, to take what the red or the blue pill and get the shortcuts done or get the results within yeah. a week or two, but it doesn't yeah. work that way. And a lot of people don't realize that, I feel like.
2: But we're programmed to think that it does work that way now. Um, yeah. And like I said, at the beginning, you know, you've got to, the very first two pieces of this journey is you got to know who you want to be. You got to know what your why is. And then how can I be, you know, that thing I choose to be. And if you don't have that, if you skip that, like I said, if, if you go heart, mind, body, you're going to be doing okay. But if you skip the heart part and go to mind, body, try to figure it out, you know, you're going to like I did, you know, three weeks on the bicycle and I quit, you know, that's what most people do.
1: Yeah. So,
2: They've got to go back. This is not a get healthy journey. This is not a lose weight journey. This is a journey of self-discovery. Who are you?
1: Yeah. What is, is your plan to go into the senior Olympics
2: for the futures? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's on my, uh, I changed the name. Sometimes it's called my dream list or my adventure list, but yeah, I want to win a gold medal and I wanted to, and I still want to do this. Uh, I want to challenge myself even at my age to do something I've never done before. So I've never done pole vaulting. So I would love to learn to pole vault, which would be so far out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I'd be like three left feet trying to do that at first, but you you only live once. So, well, I haven't really, you know, when I, when I learned to swim, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to find a swim coach at 42, 43 or 42 years old. Uh, but I did, I found a high school swim coach that taught me and bless her heart. And so I'm sure at some point, if I look hard enough, I'll find a, a coach that could teach me pole vaulting. But in the meantime, you know, you've got the sprints, the track and field, and there's some other fun events, shuffleboard, I think ping pong. So yeah, I'll, uh, you know, just do stuff just for fun. That's
1: fun. I mean, then like you said, enjoy life, do new things, uh, try new things, you know, and, uh, you know, I, you know. Nobody wants to look like a fool. Nobody wants to do, you know, try something to look like an idiot when they do it. But that's part of the growing process, that's part of the learning process. And it makes it even more fun that you learn what you did wrong and you learn if you liked it or not. And you keep grinding at it. And one day you might get really good at it. But
2: Uh yeah. Take some video and send it to you. Do it,
1: man. I mean, like I, we never had that, you know, and because that's stuff like that was always interesting to me. Even when I was in high school and stuff, we we I did track in high school, but we only had the high jump and just kind of the regular stuff. Or I don't even know if that is regular stuff, but we never, we didn't have pole vaulting. But yeah. I was like, Oh, that'd be so much fun. And when I
2: watch videos of people doing it in the Olympics, yeah. Oh man, you know, yeah, like, they, get they do it? 16, 17, 18, that's a story and a half or almost two stories high. Yeah. And I'm afraid of heights a little oh. bit. Still, so, yeah. So, so we'll see. But in the meantime, you know, yeah, they've got some of the other track and field events and, and whatnot. So, but you know, that's part of life. You got to have goals. So here's, here's another piece of this segment. You know, we talk about goals. You can't just have a goal. You got to have a goal that excites you that you're excited about, <laughs> If it doesn't excite you, why is that a goal? So people always say, Oh, I might have a goal to lose 30 pounds. Well, how excited are you about that? most people on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being really excited and one not as excited at all. They're like a negative three. <laughs> like, why is that your goal? Let's have that be the byproduct. You know, let's, let's get, so I talk about, you know, why don't we walk, let's walk 300 miles in four months and raise $2,000 for our favorite charity.
0: Yeah, And let's not
2: even think about losing weight, but let's train for that right there. And then, Oh, three months later, you've lost 25, 30 pounds. And you didn't even think about, it. you weren't even trying So it's got to be the byproduct. So that, that's just one idea. So, you know, when you have goals, you know, even for you, Chris, I don't know what your goals are, but you know, they got to excite you. If you don't get excited about them, then, yeah, then why are you doing it? Yeah. Why are you doing that goal? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's a good point. It's just a byproduct. You know, it's uh you know, I've heard, watched people or hurt read about people or listened to them on podcasts. They they watch movies as they work out, they don't even realize that they're working out. That's like, hey, I want to watch this movie, but they do it, and they start sweating and it's like, oh, I knocked out two things right there. And it's just like, oh, that's part of, that was a good way of doing it. And you know, and, and then adding that extra little bit, like, hey, I'm raising money as I do the, do something and walk or whatever and lose weight along the way because yeah, there's so many people who just say that, "Oh, yeah, I just want to lose weight," but there's no other reason. And then like I said earlier, then they just stop dead in their tracks and like, "Oh, this is." Yeah. Fine.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, I guess I don't I mean,
1: you know, what, what is it? 40% of America's obese right now? Oh, more that, than that, I think. I would say
2: 60. Maybe I'm not sure about it. I'm not even,
1: but I was. Somebody told me that, and I was like, Well, that makes sense. And then I think it was something by 2030, it would be like 50 or
2: 60%, as you said. Children, too, like 13 and under, childhood obesity. Yeah, Yeah, those are public health emergencies, pandemics. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, I'm wondering, you know, speaking of the future and stuff like that, is, is America, you know, once we hit this pandemic, are we going to finally? do a trend change or a shift change, whatever you want to say. And like people hopefully start like you did start learning more about their health and you know, what is good for them, what is good for the heart, mind and body and start to change this around. And we take them numbers back down, or if it's just going to keep continuing into a random anarchy phase, where we're just all just couch potatoes forever the rest of our lives. And,
2: you know, it's crazy. There is more information about exercise, nutrition, wellness, mindfulness—you know, pick your buzzword—than at any point in history, and you have access to that information free awesome. on YouTube and the internet. And yet, we're actually getting we I mean, this is a whole other podcast too. We're actually, like you said, getting worse. Our obesity rates are increasing; they're not decreasing. Mm-hmm you know, I, I have no problem charging, you know, $200 for, you know, an hour, one time a month or something for one session, whereas a doctor will charge $800. And so I say, you want to pay me 200 for life or you want to pay them 800 one time deposit. And then, you know, do you want to take a pill or do you want to use a wheelchair or all that stuff? So people want to change their health. If we, if we just focus on health for a second, um, people will change their health when they have that desire, when they are no longer satisfied with the status quo, they have to be at that point. Um, they have to create that. Um, if they're still somewhat okay, even a teeny tiny little bit with the status quo, then it's going to be really hard for them to make that change. So some, some people like, you know, have to have that heart attack, uh, unfortunately, or something yeah. like that before they finally realize, wake up and, and make the change. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that for a lot of people, but you know, that's what it was for me. I was just so sick and tired of the status quo of being, you know, deadbeat, dad, overweight, lethargic, you know, all this stuff. Um, That's what got me off the couch. So if you're on the couch to get off the couch, you got to say, I'm not satisfied where I'm at right now with my health. I want to make a change. Well, who, what does that that change you want to make that to, to healthy that and then you got to make you've got to make that decision right then and there and then you know everything else falls into place and that's most people don't decide that they um i don't know do you you're a different generation chris but do you do you know the movie karate kid the old one or the newer ones not the old one yeah. yeah mr miyagi yeah yeah mr. so in the very first one he talks about this is a great metaphor if you walk on the left side of the road you're safe Daniel son. If you walk (laughs) on the right side of the road, you're safe, Daniel son. But if you walk in the middle, Daniel son, he does that in the movie, you you get squashed just like a grape because you haven't chosen to walk left or right. You're kind of gray area, you know, wishy-washy. And most people are doing that when it comes to health. I'll I'll use the words diet and health exercise uh, because I know people understand those words, but most people are in that gray area. And so anytime anybody, any decision in your life you either got to put you gotta either got to be, you know, like Yoda says, do or do not be or be not. You got to play full in or not at all. And most people are like half hearted, and that's because they don't have the first two pieces of the puzzle understood the who you want to be and the why you want to be that.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's a great point that if you stay in the middle of the road, that you're not really gonna do everything or do anything at all. You're just gonna kind of fall in that gray area forever. And but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100% that there is so much information out there and so i mean there might be a little bit overwhelming at first but i think if you stay on to you know if you pick whatever way you want to go on the right side or left side eventually you'll find your way and you'll find that why and you find out what works for you but yeah man and then going on what you said a little bit earlier though just that when i feel like a lot of people like you said would they rather pay you two hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars to a doctor that you know people when they start you know talking about money and investing in it or Pay it towards something. They get a little, you know, weird about it. Like, what am I getting out of it? And stuff. Well, they don't really understand that. Hey, when you pay, you know, like a coach or somebody to help you along the way, that you know, you need to invest in your own health, you know, and that's you investing in your longevity. That's you investing in a different mindset and that you needed this different push and you need to access to this information that this is going to help you make that change that you, you know, obviously what's, Hey, dumb, dumb, whatever you were doing before you weren't getting out of. And that's why you ended up in this position. So you shouldn't look at it like, Oh man, I'm wasting money or anything. I'm actually investing into my future here, you know?
2: Yeah, it's a long, you said it right, longevity. This is not a short-term investment. If you're 40 years old now, this is you're investing when you're 70 and 80 years old. Whatever you decide today at 30 years old, 20, 30, 40 years old in terms of health will come back to be with you when you're 60, 70 and 80, so old you know, like me started investing in my health 40. I, you know, you never know what will happen in life, but I fully expect to be fully mobile and everything well into my seventies and eighties. That's, that's
1: what I want right there, man. Just yeah. so independent, you know, be able to go yeah. walk and go, even if I'm not crossfitting or whatever, if I'm still go out and do it for a run or a nice brisk walk or whatever, just, yeah, just have that independence for yourself and be able to, you know, if I need to pick up something off the ground, it's not going to break my back doing it, you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, not completely, Complete CrossFit terms here, but just be functionally fit. You know, just like what you're saying, just be able to. Even if I was told at 80 years old I was going to go walk a mile, like okay, no problem. That's going to do it. Maybe put up put a 10 pound weight weight in my backpack while I do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's so, and it's so badass to me when I see uh, when I see those types of stories and hear about people doing that and stuff. It's like, man, I hope I'm that way when I'm 80, and I get that you know bit of good luck out on my side too at the same time. So.
2: Well, I've worked with a lot of seniors. I, I know what happens when you don't do that, you know, in your twenties and thirties, you know, pills, doctor visits, uh, wheelchairs, walkers, lack of mobility, lack of independence. That's, that's the norm, you know, roughly 78, 80, 82 and on if you're lucky enough to get that long, but the rare exceptions, like you said, are those that, you know, practice this lifestyle early enough and long enough that that's not an issue. Now, again, there's no guarantees in life. I, I met a very you know, I had this, I've met a lot of seniors in my life, but I met one who ate bacon and eggs and smoked every day and lived to be 95. No problem on his own to be independent. Now what doctor is going to recommend that? (laughs) I had had two others that were very active well into their seventies and both had massive, massive strokes. Um, Both were left about half to two thirds paralyzed throughout their body and died about two years later. Now, how did that happen? You know? So you never know, but you know, I'd still rather err on the side of being fit and healthy than, than not no. fit and
1: healthy. So Yeah. I mean, genes, you it's hard to outbeat whatever genes you got. And yeah. You know, obviously nobody can really pick out their parents, you know, and what, what you get from them or whatever. But there are ways to like we've been talking about this whole time that to kind of prevent that, do the best you can. And like I said, with a little bit of luck on your side and a little bit of doing X, Y, and Z the right way and yeah, and like living a good balance, I think you can reach pretty much the majority of your goals that you have in mind. And, but yeah, do you think you, well, real quick, do you think, and I just wanted to say this, that, and I don't want to shit on doctors or anything, cause there are good <laughs> doctors and stuff like that, but, or even in the medical field or whatever, but what is the saying that, you know, the money is in the, uh, the visits, not in the cure. So that's what they want you to keep coming back. So it's like an elaborate plan. To, is that yeah.
2: You? I, I, I don't know much about that. There's, there's a thing know, that I like, that. um, Western, Western, I'll use the term Western doctors and those that are trained in the traditional sense, because some modern doctors are being trained differently, but Western doctors look at the disease that the person has, whereas wellness coaches and wellness doctors look at the person that has the disease. Mm. Big difference, big difference. So a doctor focuses on the disease and looks for a cure. Uh, wellness person focuses on the lifestyle you know food is medicine as in food is medicine or food is poison you know just you know choose choose wisely a um, movement is medicine you know sure. you yeah know, think that. so I, I in one of my other books I'm writing I talk about you know the natural medicine sunshine movement food breathing um, things of that nature
1: And touching on that movement as medicine, you know, I think there's some more articles coming out now that, you know, like I rolled my ankle a while back Well, it's probably been a couple of years ago now. But, you know, instead of actually doing a whole, what is it, rice methods that um, they were actually saying that, you know, actually move on it a little bit and keep the blood flowing. Just don't, you know, just don't sit around for two weeks with it up in the air that moving it was probably a little bit better stuff for the body. And that's what they're kind of coming towards now that, you know, just don't be stagnant, you know, move around, get it going. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the actually rice is. I think they're throwing that out the window. They're yeah, just using the ice part anymore. It's just the compress and mostly compress now. And yeah, walk around on it a little bit. Yeah, that's the hard part with science. You know what they say today is they're not saying. You know, next week or something. So it's it's hard to hard to gauge some of that. Like you know, one day they'll say don't eat bananas, the next day they say eat all the bananas you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean. Uh, like, do you? How do you stay sharp? You know, with uh, you, I mean, you know, I know you just said you got into all this about thirteen years ago, but I mean, did you? Is it what you, we've been talking about? You just started reading. You started gathering all the information you could. And just
2: all of the above, yeah. So there's another principle I teach. It's called uh, Kaizen. Uh, I'll, Tony Robbins calls it Kanai. I think constant and never-ending improvement. So Kaizen, you're always learning. You're always growing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I to this day I'm still reading books. I read try three to five books a month um always looking you know talking with experts like you i've been doing my own expert (laughs) yeah i've been doing my own podcast i like yesterday i interviewed a guy who was an expert in gut health i learned so much that like wow like i hadn't really done a lot of my own research on gut health but yeah always reading and and that's part of life is this this Japanese samurai principle of Kaizen that you're always learning always growing always you know striving to they use the word improve Um, so always improving always growing always learning and yeah that so I'm always for a while I was at a different coaching seminar like you know every two three weeks or something like that every every cross country meet I went to, you know, that coach had 20 years. I was like in his face. Okay. How do you do X, Y, and Z? You know, I picked him in the brain. Um, crossfitting. I learned so much from my CrossFit coach. I had two really good CrossFit coaches.
0: I'm
2: um, actually three because I did a home CrossFit program. I did that uh, seal fit with Mark Devine, um, eight weeks to seal fit program that he, that he has.
1: Yeah. I would love to pick your brain on that.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah, you just, Yeah. I I watch YouTube videos all the time now. I mean, yeah. I listen to lectures and seminars, read stuff. Nowadays I'm a little bit lazier. I mostly just ask the experts. So I get them on my podcast and then I ask them all the questions that I want to know. So there you go.
1: That's a good way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I used to think that, you know, I was kind of had that same mindset when I was in college and coming out of college, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm learning. I'm still growing. But when I go back and look at it, it's like, man, I wasn't doing anything. You know, I just thought I was, and it wasn't until, I don't know when I was when it was maybe five six seven years ago that I was just like man there's other ways to do things out here other than what I'm doing and what I'm seeing from everybody in my gym and that's kind of when I was like I got more into like I need to start reading more and I started you know listening. to I think it was about. 2016, 2017 is when I started listening to podcasts and listen to experts like you were saying to come on. And we're not on my show, but talking to, (laughs) you know, talking to the the big dogs and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I never thought about it that way. And it makes much more sense. And it opened up my eyes and my mind just to be like, okay, you know, there's like we said, there's trials and errors. There's other ways of doing things. You know, let me play with this. Let me experiment with it. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, take it, run with it. Let me just play with it, see what happens. You know, if it doesn't work, then just throw it out the window. No big deal.
2: You know, that's one of my favorite quotes from Bruce Lee. He he used to say, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. So that's what I tell everybody I coach in my seminars. I say, if this works for you, add it to your wellness toolbox. If it doesn't, no hard feelings, toss it out the window. Some of the stuff that, you know, I learned just doesn't work for me. So I just toss it out. Some of it does. So I use it. The stuff I learned on gut health, that works for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to use it. So
1: I used to almost think that way too, is that you know, just because, let's say, if it was The Rock or Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone, yeah. they, it's like, they did it this way. I got to do it this way. That means it's going to work for me 100%. And it's like, it doesn't work like that at all. You know, I, not
2: a one size fits all. No, I've learned that too. Yeah. It's not a one size strategy fits all for everybody. Yeah. I remember
1: buying, I think he had Arnold Schwarzenegger has a book like The bible of bodybuilding or encyclopedia of bodybuilding something along that. I remember, yeah bought it when i was in college or whatever Like, oh i'm gonna look just like him and all that and it was like okay well he was also doing other things but i didn't stick with that but um but yeah it was one of those things i thought this was the formula and becoming a you know a complete monster walking around and but yeah i was like okay this is not it so.
2: You know, I, I love to talk with those those folks and just you know pick their brain. Hey, what's the real reason you're getting these big muscles? Is it out of fear and insecurity? Mm. You know, a lot of times that that's that's the honest to God's truth. You know, they say nutrition really? the set you free. In some cases, they're very genuine and you know sincere that it is you know love from the heart. I always you know when people are trying to achieve a goal, I ask, well, where is your goal coming from? Is it coming from your head, a place of fear, your ego, or is it which many of my goals in the beginning were? And so I really have had to discipline and drive myself to, to cross that finish line a few times or is your goal coming from your heart a place of love so yeah.
1: yeah that's a great point because i forgot who i was talking with on here but it was uh when i used to work in recreation and wellness um here at, on higher education and one of the assistant directors of uh, fitness we were talking about instagram and all these uh girl models who get on there and shake their ass and get a million views and stuff. (laughs) And, but I, but uh, she made a good point that is almost what you just said that uh, most of those people who are doing it and I'm not knocking, if you're doing it great, I don't care. That's, that's your thing. But most of those people who are doing it have some type of deeper issue as far as like wanting to be wanted or, yeah. Uh, I forgot what it was maybe a little bit narcissistic. I can't remember exactly, yeah. was, but but it was something along those lines. Of, oh, I need this type of thing in order to feel good about myself. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So insecurity. Yeah, a lot, and, of, that, a lot of the time that's rooted in fear and insecurity, which is fine because we're all human. It's just a matter of you want to break through that if you want a better life.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, like I said, I don't want to knock that, but you know, we weren't made. You know, it's not human nature to get on there and get on social media and try to just get likes just from shaking your ass. And so I mean there is good stuff from all that stuff. And but yeah, I think it's almost damaging to people at the same time. Kind of we're saying that, you know, you keep doing this and yeah, you're getting all these dopamine likes and loving life and it's working out, but eventually you're going to live the rest of your life out this way. When you're going to be 60, 70 years old, wanting to get on Instagram or the, whatever the new social media at the time will be. And don't oh, yeah, try to make money. All that, yeah. yeah, man. And, and it's, and you know, like I said, well, I'm not well, knocking it and I don't care, you know, if you were, if people are doing it great, but, I mean, I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, what is the future of it all? And like, will we see more? You know, we were talking about, you know, the BC rates going up. Or are we going to see more? You know, there's one book, Coddling of the American Mind, talking about how teenage girls are having more mental health issues just because of social media and being cyber bullied and stuff like that. And is this we want our civilization to go in.
2: Yeah, you know, one thing I'm I'm I guess meditating on, if that's the right word, uh, where I'm at in my journey. We we talk about this idea. It's talked about in the Declaration of Independence. This idea of the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And I'm meditating on this idea about this, you know, because there's so much emphasis about you know this extraordinary life, the pursuit of an extraordinary life, and it seems like everybody, everything, everywhere is all about that. I mean, podcasts, you know, bless your heart for doing yours, Chris, and me for mine, but we're dime a dozen now i know uh, there's over four million podcasts i think and, and you're right and everybody in their dog has written at least one book it seems like on some sort of health and wellness i mean you go to the bookstore alone there's like an entire bookstore just on just on health and wellness much less political science or any other topic so it's like we're we're, we're driven by this this pursuit of an extraordinary life and i'm meditating on this whole notion of is that really what it's about is that really what it's about? Because, you know, even like look at Tony Robbins, who's living life at the absolute highest level based on, you know, society's definition of, you know, fame, money, success, all that. And, sure. and being in a blissful state, as as he says, you know, he, even he'll tell you he's still learning, he's still growing, he's still improving, all of that stuff. Um, but I'm really... I don't know. I'm like maybe taking a Buddhist approach or something. I don't know, but they're, they're just, I'm, I'm hung up on this. You know, I don't think that's the whole point of life is this pursuit of an extraordinary life. I think it's something different. So that's just where I'm at with my journey. I don't know where I'm going to go with this, but I'm just, I'm blown away in today's world. You know, just you go on Facebook, there's so many groups Mm -hmm. and Oh my gosh, I get DM solicitations all the time now and friend requests all, I mean, Oh, 10, 15 a week now, it's, it's getting a little crazy, but, um, you know, everybody is a coach wanting to help, you know, even me to a certain degree, you know, trying to help you improve your life and and all that. And I don't know, I'm just this whole idea of an extraordinary life that we were to you know, society is really pushing on everyone, you know, always, you know, go outside of your comfort zone, challenge yourself, be comfortable with uncomfortable. You know, I'm, I'm, I feel like in my journey, I'm starting to evolve past that. And I'm like, you know, I think there's more to life than even that. So that's kind of where I'm at now. So I'm just, I don't know, it's interesting, fascinating for me. uh, Maybe there's more to life than this idea of an extraordinary life. And everybody has a different, different definition of that, you know, so.
1: That's exactly what I was getting ready to say that everyone has their own perfect life so to speak and yeah and, and not only you know and i agree yeah we're a dime a dozen with podcasts and i don't you know i guess we got it or i got into it at the wrong time but i didn't really do it just to become a for person or for people to look up to me or anything mm-hmm. like that it was more of just a kind of a challenge for me because i always felt like i had trouble communicating with people like it just didn't mm-hmm. flow right or it just wasn't you know I always kind of held my opinions in and not really got them out or you know, and I just wanted. It was more of a challenge, and when you know, I started. I had my friends on here in the beginning, and I still get them on here. And it was just kind of like, "Hey, can I do this?" And this is like yeah. the one thing in my life that I actually felt like I was taking a chance on and putting myself out there, and you know, cool. letting the internet decide if it's going to be good or bad. and which you, you know, you can never beat the internet on anything, whatever topics or whatever it is. But it was more for me, and then it just kind of turned into this now that I get to t- sit down and just have chats with. People like yourself, and it's fun for me. And that's what I think I enjoy out of it. And I get to learn like your side of the story, kind of what I was saying about earlier, what other people, how they've been living, what have they been doing, what challenges did you overcome? And
2: it's cool. So, yeah. yeah, that's why I said I don't read as many books anymore. I just talk to the experts now who read them and ask to pick their brains.
1: <laughs> Coach Brad, let's take us home on that right there. How about that? And uh, if people want to find you, connect with you, and all that good stuff, where do they do that? And,
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Chris. So, yeah, anybody can find me, connect with me at my website, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. I've got a free guide you can download there about keeping weight off permanently. Uh, You can check out my podcast there, too. So, trainingwithcoachbrad.com.
1: Cool. Cool, man. Appreciate you being here. This was a good conversation. Enjoy talking with
2: you. Hey, me too. That's been awesome. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Be good to yourselves, people. We're going.